Welcome to the Autism Outreach Podcast. I'm your host, Rose Griffin. I'm really excited to be joining you today. And I wanted to make sure that you check out abaspeech.org. We are launching our new toddler preschool autism course that's all about how to get started with communication. I'm so excited about this course. It's the culmination of my 20 years in the field as a speech language pathologist and 10 of those being duly certified as a BCBA. It's a great course for parents and professionals alike. So if you're a parent and you have a struggling communicator at home and you want to know how to get started, this is a great course for you. And I'm just so excited to get it out into the world um, to help support you in your home. Today, I had a great chat with Allison Fors. She is a speech language pathologist and she's also a product developer. She has an amazing Instagram feed where she shares amazing resources, tips, facts about speech therapy, various areas with a focus on early intervention. And so today we talk all about milestones. What are milestones for speech and language? How can you as parents or providers analyze those milestones and making sure that we look at not just a milestone of where a child should be, um, but looking at the whole child and making sure that we understand the whole scope of where that child has been and that child's journey. I can't wait to dive into this episode. Such great information. Let's get started. You're listening to Autism Outreach Podcast, a podcast full of ready-to-use strategies to help those with autism strengthen their communication skills. Here's your host, Rose Griffin of ABA Speech, a speech therapist and board-certified behavior analyst who shares tips you can use in your next therapy session. Thanks for joining us on episode 37. Wow, that seems like a lot of episodes. Uh, And we have a great show for you today, a great episode. We have with us Allison Fors from Allison Fors Inc. And we were just chatting before I started recording that I feel like we know each other, even though we're just meeting live right now for this episode. I know that she is a speech language pathologist and uh, you create amazing resources. I use a lot of your um, boom cards and I didn't know what that was until the pandemic started, (laughs) but now I'm like, yeah, sure. Okay. Boom cards. And so we're really excited to have you on and uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad I could join. Yeah. And I, you know, I always love, you have a really wonderful Instagram and you're always putting really wonderful graphics up about milestones and early intervention and, and really a lot of really great topics. And I, I think topics that people that are listening who are parents and also professionals will really benefit from understanding, you know, what are milestones and what does that even mean? Because I know that when you're going through kind of that assessment process, I actually have a friend whose child is going through kind of early intervention and, and all of those things. And I've been just talking to her as a friend, not as a professional, but you know, people have a lot of questions. And I think we don't realize when we're speech therapists, how much knowledge we really have when we're talking to parents, it can just be so very overwhelming, all the information and things like that. So I'm excited to to break it down today for everybody. But can you tell us a little bit about you and your background, how you got into the field and all that great stuff? Yeah. So a little bit about me. Yes, I blog at alisonforce.com. I've been creating resources for probably about five years now. 
Uh, right now, I am home with my three and one year old. So I'm a bit of a stay at home mom slash like work during nap time type of situation. (laughs) (laughs) And all that stuff, which I love, though. I, I love being home with my kids. But I have worked, let's see, I've worked in different schools. So K through 12, all the grades, I've worked in private practice in a clinic setting, which was I think more my my forte, like I think I enjoyed that more. Specifically, I was in a clinic with PTs and OTs, which was awesome to be able to collaborate. And I learned so much, especially from the OTs with all that sensory stuff. I feel like it made me a much better clinician, seeing the child with that like OT lens. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that's a little bit about me. What else? We like just moved into our first home this April. So I've also been spending so much time just trying to like buy furniture. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So you're busy. Oh my gosh. A one and three year old. And yes, your kids are adorable. And I was saw that on Instagram. I love social media, but you were, you're doing, was it wakeboarding? We just bought a boat this summer. So I saw this picture you put up, or maybe it was a video and I was very impressed because I just kind of like (laughs) dipped my toe off the back of the boat. I submerged my body like twice this summer. That was kind of big for me, but no, I did go on the tube. I did go on the tube. That's right. But so are you like into, you guys have a boat and do all those. My parents have a boat. We live 20 minutes from them and they live on a lake. So they have a boat on a lake. So we, I've been boating. I grew up boating a ton. Oh, that's And what's really fun is this is the first summer that I took my son wakeboard. So he's three, but I actually put him on my board with me. And even last time I'm like, can I get away with this or is he too little? So it was fun to actually do it with him. And he, so the video was funny because he wouldn't put his feet on the board. So I'm basically like holding him up with one arm. I saw that. The rope with (laughs) with the other arm. (laughs) Mom. but he said he, he said he had fun so I'm like okay that's wow like, that's, that's you don't awesome want to a bad experience and to scare them so yes exactly I was like whoa she is like doing it all out there that was very impressive I was like okay and this is awesome yeah. very cool uh no I love that I love Instagram being able I talk about social media all the time I feel like I was just making TikToks before we logged on I made one all about my top three favorite speech therapy resources that I love to use. I think I talked about Epic Books, Go Noodle, mm-hmm. and Jack Hartman. I don't know. Have you ever heard of Jack Hartman? He has- I haven't YouTube heard videos. of that one. Okay. That's oh. a good one. It's just so like- it's like a YouTube cool. channel? Yeah. It's a, a YouTube okay. channel and it's like preschool videos and it's really, it's cool. really good. <laughs> yeah, I have to yeah. check that one out. Um, well, that's so cool. So today I know we're going to be talking about speech language milestones. And so can you just kind of tell us if if we have parents listening, just kind of like, what are milestones? Because I think sometimes parents, you know, we as parents know, we do like the questionnaire at the doctor. And, you know, I know I talked to, a, you know, with my private practice, I see a lot of kids in their home. And a lot of the people that I'm working with now, you know, say, you know, my child was talking, but they weren't really talking to anybody, you know, like some of my kids with autism or, um, you know, I have some kids that I'm seeing for early intervention that don't have autism. They're just kind of struggling communicators, kind of late talkers. And their parents say like, gosh, I never really realized that my child wasn't talking until, you know, my friend said something or I was at a family function and then somebody mentioned it. And then they think to themselves, oh my gosh, like, should I have seen something? Should I have noticed something? Mm -hmm. Um, So can you talk to us a little bit about like, what do we even mean by, by milestones? Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like that's such a big word in like the development world, like milestones. But what's funny about that is like, we throw it around all the time, but like, what even is a milestone, right? Like what quantifies a milestone? So 
a milestone is what a child, like 90% of children are doing at a specific age. Right. Okay. So most kids are doing that thing, whatever it is at that age. But the hiccup is sometimes we interpret milestones as averages when it averages what 50% of children can do at a specific age. So yeah, like a parent or even a pediatrician will pull up Mm -hmm. a milestone chart and be like, okay, so this 24 month old who has 40 words, let's look at the milestone chart. And they see that the milestone is 50 words at 24 months, but the average is 200 to 300 words. So when you're looking at the milestone, you're like, oh, they're not that far behind. But when right. you're like, oh, what you see the larger gap. So milestones are super, super helpful when looking at development. Even as a parent, you're looking because you want, you know, you want to know if your kid's on track for speech and gross motor skills and fine motor skills and all these feeding. There's like a million mm-hmm. things. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a parent, so I'm well aware of like the stress involved and like, is, am I doing enough for my child? Yes. To like develop and learn and grow. So yeah, that's what milestones are. Okay. Research study is done and that's what 90-ish, some, depends sometimes on the study, but about 90% of children are doing at that age. Oh, that's good to know. Cause I feel like we just don't talk about that a lot. You know, like mm-hmm. I feel like I use the word milestones often, probably when I'm talking to parents, um, but like to really define it, you know, that's kind of like kind of tricky. Like I haven't really yeah. thought about that in quite a while. Maybe since I was like scrolling through your Instagram or like on the uh, writing a blog post, you know, like sometimes I'll write blog posts about these are the milestones, you know, for different mm-hmm. ages and things like that. And, you know, asha.org um, has really good information. That's kind of our speech therapy organization for um, different milestones, you know, for different ages and um, when children should be doing different things. But do you have any other resources for like, is that your favorite resource? Because I know ASHA.org has like a public page where they have different ideas about what a child should be doing at different stages and things like that. But are there other resources out there for parents if they're kind of worried about their kids' development? There's like so many websites out there. I, so ASHA's pretty, I feel like it's pretty like superficial. Like it's a really good overview, like simple overview of everything. A resource that I've used for a long time and love, there's a company called Lingua Systems and they have a free download what is it called? It's like communication milestones or something like oh, that. So you can download is it that. like a PDF book? It's is it PDF. with the orange cover? Is that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. An orange cover. I feel like somebody always posts that. Yeah. We should put that in the show notes. It's a really yes. good, it's informative. It really breaks it's informative things down. Yeah. For like parents to understand it's not necessarily like speech, speechy right. terms. Mm-hmm. And it's all broken up into, you know, there's like feeding and oral skills and there's the articulation, speech sounds and reading and co- reading, you know, comprehension. Right. So it's broken up into things like that. So I've created a couple of resources for develop like developmental milestones. Okay. So I've like combed the internet and there are a lot of websites out there with a lot of information that you can right. find. So even Googling it, but you know, of course, Googling you, <laughs> you never you know, know what you're going to find and you hope it's like the correct information exactly but, like, I always tell people research. too don't go into a Facebook group and ask a question no. because oh. you never know I think there's actually a Facebook group that's kind of like about home speech therapy I'm not sure how I get in these Facebook groups I'm actually trying to wean myself off just that social media platform I kind of like some of the other yeah. ones better but yeah you never really know who's going to be answering your question I mean even from a professional standpoint 
right? Like a lot of these speech therapy groups may say like, are you a speech therapist? Because I have a speech therapy group called ABA Speech SLPs. And I just trust that you're telling me the truth. I'm not going to do a deep dive on your profile, you know, to see Mm -hmm. um, if you're a speech therapist, unless your profile picture, you know, I don't know. But, you know, you just never know who's answering these questions. So some of these resources are really good. I'll try to put that linguist systems one up because I feel like I see that posted every once in a while in different groups. And when you see that it's free, you're like, oh my gosh, this is such good information. It's a lot of good information. That's probably like the most concise one out there. Okay. Yeah, that's good. And then ASHA is good too. Like, so if you're listening Mm -hmm. and you're a parent, ASHA.org has a lot of good information about different milestones. And what what are the different areas that you think that if a parent was thinking like, oh, you know, I don't know, I feel like, is my kid talking enough? Are they eating the right foods? Are they, you know, like have sensory overload? Are there different areas where you think there are milestones, you know, that would be listed that might be beneficial for parents? So I think a big, big thing with speech communication is understanding the difference between expressive vocabulary and receptive vocabulary. So expressive is like oral community, like what the child is expressing either verbally or through signs or gestures, you know, like, like words. And then receptive is understanding. So a child will typically, you know, a typical child will have a higher receptive vocabulary because they can understand more than they can produce. Understanding the difference between that and, and knowing that a child, like, if you have a pre-verbal child, understanding that like gestures and facial communication, like, are they doing that? Are they pointing? Are they clapping, waving? Are they communicating Mm -hmm. through gestures, things like that? So definitely looking at that. If you're concerned about words, which I think is the number one concern for Mm -hmm. parents of young children, like toddlers, seeing what your child understands versus expresses. Mm -hmm. If they're not doing really, you know, a lot of words, looking at the gestures and the communicative intent there, what are they able to express in terms of like sensory, that is more like the OT realm. So you're probably not Mm going to find a lot on ASHA. That is like something that is so critical for all parents to know, even of neurotypical children. Like I see my three-year-old son and he's having a hard time. The first thing I think, is this a tantrum or is Mm -hmm. it a meltdown, right? Because a meltdown is sensory related Mm -hmm. and how I approach that is very different. Right. Oh man, I'm glad you weren't with me today because I took my three three kids shopping 45 minutes away from my house. There's this place called Crocker Park and it's like a big trip and it's a field trip and I have three kids, right? And so mm-hmm. that's like a big deal. Load everybody in the car, drive 45 minutes away. I like to shop. So, but there are a lot of moments where I feel like my parenting was like, I was teetering like, why are oh. you acting like this? Should you Stop be? Aren't you, aren't you old <laughs> enough to not? I, my son is five. No, he's six. Oh my gosh. He's today. He acted like he was two, but you know, I guess maybe that was like a big field trip, but yeah, no, I think parents just really, cause I've even had coworkers say, um, you know, just kind of pull me aside and say like, you, my kid was handling something this way. Cause they know that, you know, I work with autism and sometimes mm-hmm. I help students who engage in problem behavior. That's a barrier to their learning. And so people always kind of, you know, pull on me and like, ask me some questions. And I'm like, I, that's just like normal, you know what I mean? Yeah. But when your own kid does it, you're like, why are you acting like this? Like, are you dysregulated? Yeah, no, I, I get that. That's good. So I know there's like a lot of different, you know, milestones for people to think about. And I love that idea of, you know, what is receptive? 
what is expressive. And, you know, I, I'm actually coming out with a toddler course um, that is going to be for toddlers and preschool age students who have autism, really great for parents and professionals. But one of the things that we talk about is that including an observation is such an important piece of the assessment um, puzzle. Like sometimes, like you said, you had worked in a clinic. Oh, and you said you worked in a school too, right? Mm-hmm. School age. Yeah. Um, sometimes in a school, it's hard to get that observation in because we do have a lot of students to see. But I always say that I make sure that's, you know, that's really, really important. Sometimes, because I know I've always worked in a, a clinical setting too, until I started ABA speech. Sometimes that observation piece is hard to get, you know, like sometimes you can't see the student around other kids. So you're kind mm-hmm. of like asking, um, but like, we want to see like, how is the student communicating? Like you said, like they may be a struggling communicator, but they may be pulling their parent to something. They may be pointing, they may be making some noises. And I think that's all kind of important for parents to to understand that those are all different ways that, you know, our child is communicating. And sometimes that can be hard to see. It can be hard to see when you're the parent, you're like, you're the one with them all the time. Right. And that's why like, as a clinician for like the speech therapists out there, it's not just about the norm charts. Like, you have to look at the whole child, talk to the teachers or to the parents and saying, hey, what's happening? What are the struggles? What are they doing? How are they communicating? So you can get the big picture. What exactly is going on? So some of the products that you created, were they about assessment or you said that they had to do with milestones? Were you like looking at a whole child approach or was it something where you just kind of noted the the milestones? Because I know when you sit down to like create any, I do more um, putting together talks and webinars, but I know that I've been like really knee deep in putting this course together. So <laughs> my whole office, it looks really nice now, but previously, like I just finished recording it last week and previously there were a lot of like books and like uh-huh. journal articles and they're all kind of crammed um, under here now, but yeah, it's a lot of research. So what were you, what were you gathering the milestones for with those particular products? So they're mainly milestones. And then I dive into like, they're mostly like graphics of the milestones that are really easy to read. Okay. Which might be diving into the different terminology. What do they mean? Any background from this research that would be good to know? Any like caveats about that area? So the first one I made was speech. It was just called like speech language. And it's all the areas that SLPs treat, which is like a ton. Yes. It's like everything from like vocab and feeding and social communication, literacy, like all these things. And then the other one that I just finished is only grammar is like a whole beast in and of itself. Oh my gosh. You're like, okay, what do I do now? How do I work on? Well, we created, I have a designer, but we created some boom cards last when the pandemic hit um, Mm -hmm. for a regular past tense and, you know, a regular plural, because there's just not a lot of information out there on how to work on those things. But Mm -hmm. I know there's just so much that goes into grammar. And I love that you made something about kind of the scope of a speech therapist, because we haven't never actually touched on that on this podcast. But I think sometimes that's that's hard for me as a speech therapist, because sometimes a parent will meet a speech therapist who maybe has never worked with an autistic student or, you know, vice versa. Another professional may meet a speech therapist who doesn't feel very comfortable working with autistic students. And I always get really defensive because, you know, you learn about so many things. Like I took a whole Mm -hmm. course on dysphagia and aphasia and you know, we have such a broad scope of practice that I feel like once we get out, 
some people are more generalist than that. Other people have their, you know, obviously I work in autism. Um, everybody kind of has their own niche area. And so it's, it's hard for people to understand because other professions don't understand how very broad our scope of practice is. So I think that's mm-hmm. really cool that you made that because I like almost forget all the classes that we had to take. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, like, it's like a lot of those things we don't deal with on a daily you know, basis. Right. But it really depends on the setting you go work in and yes. the age range and everything. Mm-hmm. But my friends who, you know, their child gets diagnosed with a proxy or something, I always like tell them like, <laughs> Yes. There's like find an SLP who has experience with this because it's like there's so many areas and you can't be an expert in them all. No, you can't. can't. No. And apraxia is one of those ones. I have had Carrie Ebert on. I had Laura Smith. I don't know if you know her. She's from Mommy SLP or something. Apraxia. Mm -hmm. She's just a wealth of information. She's just, yeah, she's just such a lovely uh, person. And she has a child who, you know, needed speech therapy. And um, she talked about her, her mom journey, her professional journey. And, you know, we talked all about that. You know, how do people find somebody who's specialized in that, because I think that's the thing too, is that it's hard for parents to, to be savvy consumers. Cause if you go to social media or you go to, you know, like it's hard to find somebody who really specializes in that. And then mm-hmm. not everybody understands that our scope is so broad. Um, but what was cool when Laura was on, she talked all about, uh, she had a blog post that she wrote all about apraxia and when you are the parent seeking services for your child, what questions you should ask. Um, And I actually had a parent contact me that I had done a consult with before. And she said, wow, that was such a good episode. It gave me such great information because sometimes you just feel really overwhelmed. Like you just assume That that somebody knows what they're doing and maybe that's not you know, their niche area. So yeah, I mean, a, the average parent would have no idea to know that. Right. So yeah. It's, I mean, it's hard. It's like, so my husband's a physician and for them, they do med school and then they pick a specialty and they do an extra, my husband, an extra four years. And that's right. special. But wow. like, yeah. There's no like fellowship or residency for right. this area. Mm-hmm. So it's just yeah, that's, it's totally different. Yeah. The, and, mm-hmm. and when you work in a school, it's like, here we go. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So you really have to, you know, I remember a couple of years ago I had, well, now it's probably like five years ago, but I had a couple of students who stuttered and I didn't feel really comfortable um, with that. So I work in a really great district and, you know, I think I use speechpathology.com and I, you know, was listening to Scott Yaris and, um, you know, all the people that are the gurus. And I just really kind of was refreshing myself on that because sometimes I think I just took one stuttering course. You know, sometimes you just take one course. And you know, with autism, I mean, I didn't have like, I didn't, I don't know. I'm older than you, I believe, but I didn't have like, like, courses. Mm -mm. Yeah. Did you have to take a course on autism or anything? Okay. Yeah. It's like, you're just kind of learning if that's your, you know, like when I got out, I worked one year as a school-based therapist and then I really love working with autistic children. So then that's just what I focused on my whole career, you know, but if, if you didn't, I never took a class, you know what I mean? (laughs) It's not like you kind of learn like out in the trenches. So I think it's so cool that you're making these resources and um, doing this research and coming through it because that can definitely be, you know, <laughs> a lot. It's a lot, it's right? It's the most fun thing to come through, but right. it's really helpful for both clinicians and parents to have norm charts to look at. 
Yeah. You know, just to base things off of it's, it's not the end all. Like you really need to, like we touched on earlier, use your, all your expertise and knowledge to view the whole child and look into, you know, their environmental factors, like all these factors that play into a child's development. Right. Because we want a clear cut hierarchy of like, what are they supposed to have and when? And like, what is this rigid, like order of mm-hmm. skills attained? That's just like not how it works though. So, right. and I feel like I came across getting those questions with these handouts I created. Like, oh, is it like, is it this order? I'm like, oh, especially with the grammar handouts resource, it's not a specific order, especially with those older students. There's yeah. way too many variables that come into play as they get older. We have more strict guidelines and norm charts for like zero to four. Right. But kind of beyond that, it gets more fluid. Oh, I think it's just like the wild, wild west. So I think it's great when you're putting anything together for older students. I had Chris Winger on from Speech Dude. He was on Mm -hmm. and he works like in a high school because I'm I'm a school-based therapist three days a week. And those three days I work with older students. It's really hard to get information about older students. It's really hard to find products. Like I created a product double up. That's like a life skills vocabulary game because they're really just, I feel like there isn't a lot of guidance and everybody's interpretation of speech therapy services at at that age is kind of different. You know, what our, Mm -hmm. yeah, what our role Mm -hmm. is. There's also just a lot of research. When I was looking at the grammar stuff, there's not, not a whole lot of research. Right, right. Yeah. I know, and kids so, still need us. They still need they still our support. Need us, and still need yeah. to be knowledgeable. Yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely. So what, what is your kind of recommendation if, you know, a parent is getting said norm chart and feels really kind of, you know, stressed and realizes like, oh my gosh, you know, I think my kid's really behind. Like, do you have any kind of, you know, guidance for parents that might be listening and thinking like, oh my gosh, you know, I think my kid is behind or maybe they're on a wait list to get assessed, you know, especially with the Mm -hmm. pandemic. I know a lot of kids that, and now that, you know, who knows what's coming back now, but I feel like a lot Mm -hmm. of things might get pushed back. And then here these parents are not sure what to do and might be feeling anxious, I would imagine. But do you have any kind of recommendations for somebody feeling that way? Yeah, I mean, I always say don't, don't wait. Always go and try to get the referral from your pediatrician and definitely like try to find a specialist you can talk to because the pediatricians are great, but their knowledge is so broad that really talking to someone who specializes in whatever you're concerned about is really mm-hmm. the way to go. That's a psychologist or a speech pathologist or an occupational therapist or whatever. And if you're waiting to be seen, which is definitely an issue right now, mm-hmm. Uh, there are some free, I mean, depending on the state you live in or like the country you live in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially for early, if, you, if your child's under three, you might be able to find funded, something funded through your mm-hmm. city or state. So yeah. I would check into that. But it's, yeah, it's rapid. And at that, I don't know. And if you're willing to pay out of pocket for me, like if I was in that position, I might just go try to pay out of pocket to get an assessment or talk to someone just to like. I think that's what some people don't don't understand that they can do that. You know, they're definitely, Mm -hmm. every state is going to have their own built-in system on how to support any child that might need support from, you know, a specialist, but that you can seek out a speech therapist and do private pay, which may be hard for a lot of people. But I don't know if everybody understands that that, is definitely yeah, the route they can do. That's always an option. It'll be way faster than through insurance. But I, I mean, if your insurance yeah. will pay for it, then that's <laughs> that's awesome. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, wait lists. And I know I hear so many mm-hmm. horror stories about, well, my child's on a wait list. And I, I think that's what's really cool about having an online presence and being able to give people information is that 
you know, people are on a wait list and people are just waiting. They know that their child is a struggling communicator and they want to know what to do in the meantime, you know, to be able to support them at the home environment. So I love being able to connect parents that way. Well, such good information. I love that. We always end the podcast with two little questions here, but what is the most important piece of advice that you want to pass along to parents or professionals about communication in general? Oh, for professionals, I would say to tie it to the whole like norms chart thing, look at the whole child. Don't get sucked into like these developmental stages. Look at everything going on, the background of the child, you know, their, their culture, their, their disability, their diagnosis, anything like that. For example, so I have an example of my daughter right now yeah. that ties in perfectly with this. So she's 15 months old. She has one word and oh. she's not walking. Oh. So if I were to tell someone that they'd be like, oh, wow. Like, yeah, she's, you know, right. that sounds concerning. Right. But that gave you a bigger picture of she has a syndrome. She was in the NICU for two months, couldn't even like be on her back. I couldn't hold her upright. So she wasn't getting any of that like gross motor stuff for first mm-hmm. two months of life. She's had three surgeries. She started sitting at 10 months, walking at 12 months. Yeah. Um, she had a cleft palate, which really put her back speech wise. She wasn't able to babble really prior to that or making different sounds. Right. And that kind of opens up a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. So like I've been in communication, she, she has all these specialists lined up. So right. I can talk directly to like the PT, the PT is not concerned, right? Right. So when you look at like the bigger picture, that can sometimes change things a lot. So for yeah, for professionals, I would say be sure you're looking at the whole child and not getting sucked into developmental charts and what should be happening. Like. Yeah. And for parents, I would say if you're looking at norm charts, first of all, you're a great parent. So yes. don't, <laughs> do not like, don't be like, oh my gosh, I'm a bad parent. My kids behind, like, that's not your fault. That's not what's going on. Right. Uh, and time is precious, especially when they're so little. So mm-hmm. like, don't, yeah, don't wait. You know, if, you, if you're concerned, put things in motion, better safe than sorry. Yeah. Trust your gut. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Great. Love that. Thanks for sharing that parental perspective too. I, we all appreciate that. You know, your daughters and your kids are both adorable, by the way. <laughs> and you're going to tell everybody where we can find you so they can uh, see you like uh, doing your awesome wakeboarding. So where can people find out more about you and your work, Allison? Yeah. So my website is allisonfors.com. Uh, my TPT store is Allison Fours. I'm on all social media, all, all the things, but the one I'm most active on is Instagram. And that is speech.allisonfors. Wonderful. Well, thanks so much for joining us. And if you haven't already, make sure that you check out abaspeech.org. I am launching a toddler slash preschool course that is awesome for parents and professionals. And it is all about autism and getting started with communication. Uh, Make sure to subscribe to the podcast, write a review. I always love hearing from you and make sure to keep things fun and functional. And I'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to Autism Outreach. If you enjoyed the show today, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode full of actionable strategies you can use in your therapy room. Write a review too. That would mean so much to me. I always love hearing from you. Have a specific topic that you want included on a future show? Reach out over on Instagram, ABA Speech by Rose, or visit me at www.abaspeech.org.